0: Hello, welcome back to another Manchester United podcast. This week, we've been speaking to Dimitar Berbatov.
1: Swears so more than you, Maisie?
0: No,
2: surely not. <laughs> I think so. I don't
0: He's know. He's up there.
2: He's up there. What a legend! He was. What a lovely. That, that's the first time I've ever spoke to him. Was it ever? Me
0: too. Absolutely. I've never interviewed him or anything an I've been here.
1: Absolute gentleman. He was great, wasn't he? Brilliant. Helen Johnny shared a dressing with him. Would he? Mm-hmm. Would he talk about him at home? Was he? Or was it they not? Didn't really.
0: Um, not weren't friends, at the time, like, probably just, yeah, but. I think um, Dimitar said himself he was quite quiet in the yeah. changing room. Um, but I'd never spoken to him either the whole time that I've been here since 2010, I think. Um, he didn't really give a lot of interviews and stuff like that. But I think in this podcast, you really got to know yeah. him.
1: Yeah, didn't He was just focused on his football, I suppose. Did oh. you do a lot of interviews as a player?
2: Well, we didn't have all this. It wasn't the same. We, we didn't have all mm. this. MTV just started, I think, 2000. So... Maybe a couple of years of it, but none of this.
0: He's sometimes called a cult hero, is Berbatov. Yeah. What's your take on that phrase, Maisie?
2: Well, it would be because you know banging in a hat-trick against the Scousers is, if if somebody had done it when we played them this season, the 1-1 draw, if somebody had banged in a hat-trick, they'd become an absolute instant hero. I think he's just such a cool guy and laid-back guy that what you see on the pitch is exactly what he's like off the pitch. Yeah, Brilliant.
0: yeah absolutely. True. Mm, I would totally agree with that. Here we go then. This is what happened when we spoke to former United striker Dimitar Berbatov in early October this year. We met up at a swanky hotel in London where Dimitar had been staying off and on for the past 11 years or so.
1: This afternoon you join us in the middle of England's capital city. We're in Knightsbridge where, to be honest, class and elegance are the style of the day. Maisie and Helen have come south. Guys, how are you doing?
0: Good, thank you. How are you?
1: It means you came from Manchester. Yeah, I understand that. What are you yeah. trying to say? I'm just saying you came... You're trying to say, like, the north is a little bit different from the south. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, how was your journey? Oh well, yeah, it was good. The, it was on class, a train. The class and elegance bit was a reference to the fact that we're in a nice setting, we're in a nice hotel, and yeah. we've got perhaps the classiest, most <laughs> elegant guest we've ever had. Oh, right. Perhaps the classiest player Manchester United have ever had. Okay. Sat across me in a T-shirt that says, greatest of all touches is two-time Premier League winner, two-time League Cup winner, FIFA Club World Cup winner, his nation's all-time leading goal scorer. Okay, okay. And frankly, a really (laughs) cool guy. It's Dimitar Berbatov.
3: Thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome. Thank you
1: for having me. Okay, we'll go straight in. Dimitar, how are you?
3: Well, I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. I'm in London. I love London. I come as much as I can. This is like my second home, actually. And I told you before we start, i here for 12, 11 years. I've been coming here. So for me, it's nothing new. I enjoy every time I've been here. And now we have a good conversation going on, so we'll see how that goes.
0: Does that mean Manchester is your third home?
3: No, it means it's <laughs> still the second. So two times. Like <laughs> first is <laughs> home. You gotta then be, careful <laughs> yeah, <you'd> be careful. Yeah, be careful. Remember say. the audience. <laughs> no, no, no. I have uh, great memories of uh, you know cities I used to play with my teams, but you know how it is. London is one of the best cities in the world, especially for me. People know me, respect me, so it's a joy for me coming here.
1: Okay, so your original home, Bulgaria, so obviously where you grew up.
3: What was that like? What was your childhood like? Like back in the day? Mm-hmm. Well, probably different than what it was here because I caught last days of communism, you know? So it wasn't pleasant, you know? And is, there are times when you're a kid, you don't actually realize what is going on because your parents presented to you as a game, you know? And i said many times before, and this is probably the thing that stuck most in my mind how we go for bread and we wait in line for bread, like six in the morning. Because if you skip the line, then you don't eat bread, actually. So we go, my father, my mother, me, and my brother, we, how do you say, we go one at a time to keep the line. And then when you have that bread, it's, you know, you can eat. And it was these kind of things that make you together as a family. But when you're a kid, you don't realize it. You just, try to enjoy, make it as a game. But after a while, then you start realized what the f-? you know, it was difficult. It was yeah. difficult.
0: So football was a real release for you at a young age then?
3: Well, for all of us back home, not only me. So many kids, different times though, different times. What, what can you do? Watch TV a little bit. But back home, we have two channels, not much on the channel. So we go out and we play football. Me, my brother, our friends. And that was it, you know, nothing else, yeah, school, of course but after that you go out there and try to play or just find something to fill your day with doing things that you love when did you realize you were good at football oh, when the kids in our neighborhood start you know wanted me to be in their team you know then you think in a way childishly like well maybe I'm good you know maybe I have something in me and of course my father was a football player so that helps probably, I don't know. Mm. And you start build your confidence, like in a, a street street credit, you know. I mean, that's very important for me back then because you walk in the streets, the neighborhood with your kids, with your friends, and when you know you're a good player, well, you you feel good, you feel special in a way. That was good.
0: And I read before that you always liked to be Alan Shearer when you were playing. Yeah,
3: yeah, because Alan Shearer was over. And you know, back in the day, there was uh, chewing gums. I don't know if you have it here, but back home we have chewing gums, and the chewing gum was wrapped yeah. in a photo in a way, and that photo represents different players. So you buy gums and you unwrap it to to want so to yeah, yeah to see who it is. Yeah, it was Van Basten, Alan Shearer, Chris Waddle, Pogacar, you know all these <laughs> players, and for me it was. Cheer, Evan Basten, and I wanted to have it so much, so I, I didn't have it. And I was going around people asking, swapping, yeah, swapping, please, 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 <laughs> fighting as well. You know, <laughs> give me that thing, you know, just, because this is how you kid you admire someone. And this was cheer for me. was every time he raised his hands. It was... Did you ever get Maisie? No, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but you know, it was, I don't know, oh, seriously, do you have that here? That yeah, yeah I
1: had a weird memory as you were saying that, like a weird flashback of unwrapping something and there being little they were stickers yeah so, I,
3: something, something like I still have it I still I have that collection in my home I no still way. have it my mother kept it and I have it and when they showed it to me I was like what? how is that even possible and it's like this stick and probably 100 cards with all different players still she are not there it's oh amazing. you never got him can you imagine that
0: if anybody is listening maybe someone will have one and you can is there actually finally a, get is one is there
2: actually an Alan Shearer one Or did they do it just for sure, for sure, for sure,
3: clever, you know, yeah, no, no, there was, I'm sure there was. But, you know, back in the day after that, I met that one, so it was like (laughs) worth everything.
0: So you got the life size one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then you got
1: older and you joined your first club. Tell us about that. What was that like when you thought,
3: did you think I've made it? My first club is my my home, my, uh, where I was born. You know, uh, and I didn't actually join the first team. I was in the junior team, under 18 or something like that. And we are going to different places to play football. And I play always with with my not with my group, but the group that is older than me, because my father said, yeah. it's going to be beneficial for you. Well, they slap you, they kick you, they push you on the ground, but it's going to be good for you. You know how it is. You moan. You cry, well, well, I wanna go to my group. No, no, no. You stay there. You see after a while that it's gonna be beneficial for you because you man up stronger. Yeah, you get stronger more easily. So that was really helpful for me, even if I don't realize it. And it helps me to, you know, to get to that life lessons that you get a bit sooner than other other players that they play with their age. And after that, you know, everybody have problems. You have that things that you have difficulty fitting in your team. Or someone didn't appreciate what you have. That was especially the case with me. And I needed to change my environment so I can succeed in a way because I wanted to be a football player. And then I moved to the big city, to Sofia. Did America.
2: you think when, when growing up because of your dad being a footballer as well, did you think ever at any moment that you was being spoiled by the coaches because of your dad? Yeah,
3: yeah, for sure. For sure. Jealousy. Yeah, you have that. But you can use it to prove them wrong in yeah. a way. And that's why it was wor- really important for me to have this recognition of my own. Yeah. Like say, yeah, Berbe is a good player. It's not because his father was a football player. Mm-hmm. And you know, after a while I overpass my father football-wise, you know, which is a great thing. And every parent probably wants to see that, that his kid succeed uh, yeah. over, you know, and go, and go to do great things but he was he was exactly like that like mm-hmm. that and me i also when i see a kid and his parents who a football player or something like that i would i would have the same reaction yeah you know it was purely human reaction probably i don't know but then after that you see this boy have a quality you're like okay
2: was he tough You dad on you
3: <sighs> well the generation yeah, yeah that generation yeah it was, was tough, tough. It yeah. was tough. Uh, and completely different i'm a father now so i'm completely different yeah of course I have two daughters and he has two boys. And I'm I'm terrible with boys now as well. You know, I destroy <laughs> boys now. Especially <laughs> when they're around my daughters. <laughs> but my father was silent type, you know. If you want you want to say, Berba, I f- love you, but he's never gonna say that. No. <laughs> never, never.
0: He just maybe gave you a pat one time. Yeah, and, but yeah. you yeah.
3: can you can see yeah. it. You can sense that after a while, when you grow up, you can sense that because in the beginning you're like, Why?" If, why? just say I, I did good, you know, just say I've, I've done Something. okay. But when you grow up after that, you realize, well, I know, don't tell me, I know. Yeah. yeah. Was you know? that a big motivation? In a way, how? In,
1: in that, because it, if, if the approval was unspoken, were you ever thinking, maybe if I can reach these levels, maybe if I can get here, maybe he'll tell me.
3: No, approval was important, especially for boys, I assume, to have the approval of the father. It's really important and it was important for me, but after a while I realised that he had difficulty expressing the feelings purely because this is how he was raised and this is our, you know, Balkan thing. This is how he's dressed stuff. you know, don't show emotion, show emotion, you're weak, never show that, you know, completely different than, than how we are now, uh, but I used to it. And to be honest, I like people like that, that can say something to you without saying it. You can see it. I, I have coaches like this in, in Germany. I have a coach like that, Augen Thaler, world champion yeah. in Germany. Yeah. Unbelievable player. And I see, I look at him, I see my father. No words, nothing. Berber, no. Well done. Pfft, never. <laughs> but I can sense that. You know, I scored one of my most beautiful goals ever in my career against Roma in the Champions League with Bad Leverkusen. And then you expect something in the dressing room. Well done. That's a great goal. Oh, nothing. And then we're walking in the airport and waiting for the airplane or something. And then we're hanging around, a long delay. And I'm going down the escalator, going to something, and he's coming back the other way. And I'm just looking at him, and he looks at me, and he's like, Yeah. (laughs) What else do you need? The royal nod. (laughs) (laughs) What else do you need? You know, when you know, when you can understand that.
0: You find that though in changing rooms, don't you? Some players need that arm around the shoulder. Oh, you did brilliant today. Whereas other players, you know, don't need that at all.
3: Exactly, and you know, you know better than me. I I I assume that Sir Alex Ferguson was something like that. Yeah. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I was trying to observe, and you're exactly right. Some players need. Uh, you know how do you say it? more gentle approach? Yeah. Other players just don't care about that. You know, yeah. slap in the back, they make you feel angry or something. I, I, for me, I didn't want to have a close relationship with my coaches. Even if they wanted to, because I felt that like uh, it's inappropriate in a way mm-hmm. to feel close to your coach, because then you start thinking. Different things, like things that you shouldn't think. And now we are friends. Why I'm not playing, or the other players may think something like that. yeah And I I always try to avoid that and keep a distance in a way. But I agree with you, especially now in these days, you need to know how to speak with players. What about
0: you, Maisie? Were you what kind of player? Would you? Were you one that needed the arm? No, no.
2: I just need the. (laughs) Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. I never, very rarely, I got an arm put around me because. In the team that we were in, you had the players who give you the bleeps, yeah. and you, it'd be every day there'd be arguments, just to keep you on your toes all the time. Yeah. And the, and the gaffer would just continue that. The gaffer at times, if you're playing well, he'd still have a goal go at you for a mistake, and you're like playing well, but
3: that's just the way he was. But you didn't take personally anything. No, God no. Right? No. Because I have. There's only
2: one thing. The one thing that. Matters and that's winning, yeah. and if that's 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 the goal in in, in football is to win. No yeah. matter how you get there, it's about winning.
0: Yeah,
3: because I have players in my path as a football player that sometimes they take it personally, you know, yeah, and go under. And you know, I have players yelling at me in the training session, fighting and arguing. What the f***, you Start running and stuff like this. And I I give that back as well. But because I know that you drive yourself and you yeah. want to win it. Yeah. You not take it personally and start yeah. no. mourning about it. No, no. You know? Because I never understand that, honestly. No. So I was wondering is it because you play with great players as well? I find
2: I find it so easy playing with them. Because they are great players. But everyone had that drive to be successful. And those that didn't have the same drive fell by the wayside
0: think football maybe, would you say, has changed a lot now though because yeah a lot more people need an arm around the shoulder <sighs> than maybe back in your day. It might have been different, but now players need a lot more TLC, would you say?
2: Some do. But football's changed. Social yeah. media's there and... Yeah, it's changed you know, a lot. It's changed so much.
3: Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, first of all, what is TLC? Tender, Tender Loving care. care. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> uh, but... I, I agree with you as well, but when you think about it, now with social media and everything, we're all connected in a way, and you can easily find someone saying bad things about you. Yeah. And we're all human beings, you affect about it. Yeah. Even if you try to pretend, well, I don't care, about, I'm above these things. Some, Someone, a friend, a friend, you're going to say something. Hey, did you read about your, yourself? Yeah. And then maybe after that, you need someone to say, well, don't worry about it. You know, you're you're better than this. You know, don't pay attention. Maybe in that way, it's okay. Yeah.
2: That's what what Fergie used to say to me. I'd go in and something in the newspapers or whatever it was, and he would say, don't read the newspapers. It's like social media. You can find bad news about you everywhere. So don't look for it. Don't read it. Don't read them.
1: Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Uh, Changing the subject slightly. I read online that when you were 18, in an effort to get you to sign for a specific club, you were kidnapped. Did that actually happen?
3: Yeah. First of all, when I'm telling stories here, yeah, people will can read about it when my book is ready. Okay? Okay. A bit of promotion here. What such has happened to yeah. Yeah. Well, so me? Happen me but it, when, when is your book out? <laughs> <laughs> Working on it, it gets frustrating from time to time because it's so difficult to, as I told you guys before, to translate it from w- w- my language to English. Yeah. We keep t- the, 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 the sarcasm, yeah. the humor, the irony, everything that our language has, because some words you just don't have in English. But it's going to come soon. Give us
0: some exclusives to answer
3: your question, because that story is in the book, actually, you know, uh, it it was kidnapping, kidnapping. it's not, it's a big word, but back in the day, this is how people back home used to do business. (laughs) This is how it is. The thing is that when you're young boy and you're naive, you trust the wrong people. So I have a player who used to play with my father. He used to play with my father. I know him, so I'm safe, right? He said, come with me, I need to introduce you to a players, to, to people. So I jump in the car, we drive, he drop me at the restaurant and he said, i wait for you, I'll drive you back. I go inside and I see, you know, this Big kind man. of a man sitting on the table, behind him another four the same size, oh. take a seat. And then he started talking about how he represented uh, someone else who is in charge of a different club and they want me and they give me more money. And stuff like this, and I, all, all I'm thinking it's like that, that you know, just I want to speak with my dad, you know, and he gave me a phone to call my dad actually, and I, and we don't have back then this kind of yeah. phones, yeah. So if someone is at home, you you hope that they can pick yeah, the phone, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's like please, 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 and actually my mom picked up and I was like, I'm here. They they, they took me here. I don't know where I'm. You know, it's like, and she's like, calm down. I give you your father, and then I explain everything. And because we are a small country, most—not that we know each other—but you can easily make connection with some, with some people if you know how. Uh, and they, you know, reacted quickly. Came from my town to Sofia, spoke with the presidents of both clubs, and they figured it out. And they let me go in the end. So, but it was a bit frightening. <laughs> no yeah. guns? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm No guns. I didn't <laughs> know what is coming happening. And interesting story, yeah. yeah. But after that, people start to. What if you said no? Well, I did say no. Actually, I said, well, I feel good in my club. I don't want to come. But we give you more money. You're going to play more. Stuff like this. And you're naive, bro. You're purely driven by your desire to play for your club that you love. And you're going to say no. And you're
2: 18 at this time. Yeah, 18.
3: And And then years later, didn't Sir Alex kidnap you? Because
1: I've heard he bundled you in the back of a car boot to get you... You know, to Manchester United back the,
3: <laughs> the back seats were down but then the, the same situation because you don't know what to say you know you yeah, you
0: don't want to say no to that one no you know, not saying, <laughs>
3: but what do you say you drive in the back and I'm like kit <laughs> like sitting and what do I say I'm looking at my, my, my agent yeah. what do we say <laughs> what, so what happened to- how did that happen how did it come to meet me yeah yeah how did it come to you being hiding in the back of that car no, he, he came to meet me when we signed. And I was sitting there, and he's driving the car. So what do you say to break the ice? What well, did,
0: did you break the ice or no, did he?
3: No, I was like again 18 and sitting like there in the car. And how long was the car something, journey? Something, say <laughs> something. You know, because you look, you want to look cool. You no, know, don't look stupid. Yeah. And then I don't know, you crack a joke or something, stuff. Like, and you and you want the journey to end as soon as possible, <laughs> yeah. so you get out. <laughs> you know. Normal stuff, probably.
1: How was it signing for Manchester United? What was that day like? Because there were reports that you weren't doing anything at Old Trafford. You were nothing to do Manchester United, that Manchester City had made a bid. Yeah. And then on Sky Sports News, there were live pictures of you walking
3: around sort of behind the glass where the Samat yeah. Busby statue is. Well, I always I always say, especially to young, to young players back home, because they need encouraging and they need a help in a way, that for me, this was my, uh, how do you say in English, this was my peak my top of the mountain, yeah. my personal success was, was this one, to sign with Manchester United. Yeah. Other players have different success, a lot bigger than me. But for me, this was my personal top, you know, and when I sign it and I go to my room after everything was finished and I was so exhausted, but I was so happy, you know, because I worked so hard for all this and I'm coming from Bulgaria,
2: like a
3: yeah. small country. And to uh, to go to Manchester United, the biggest club in the world for me, it was like, well, verbs we made it you know this was unbelievable for me honestly quite a change from the boy that used to queue up for bread yeah it it is but this can can help you a lot appreciate when you don't have have something and then when you have you know and i always try to uh, my daughter is still very young but try to make them difficult for them sometimes to appreciate what they have and how it is with when you don't have there will be women, If women sometimes it's more difficult than men, so they need to be stronger as well.
0: Yeah. So when you arrived at Manchester United, how long did it take you to settle? Because sometimes it takes people, you know, a long time to settle. I know you weren't moving from a different country, you were moving just yeah. a city, but did it take you a long time or were you happy well, straight away? In
3: a way, both is, is right, because uh, you go in the dressing room full with winners. And again, probably if I go back, this is one of the things maybe I would like to change slightly because I was, and I'm probably in a way still really private, you know, sometimes difficult to make a connection, a con- strike mm-hmm. a conversation. So, you know, you have you have some players go in the dressing room. They've been there like 100 years. They, you're the yeah. new players. They're coming high-fiving, you know, players. But I was completely opposite, you know, just shy. And again, what do I say? How do I fit in? What if I feel stupid? or some? like that you know when you're saying and it helps when you have someone from your region like Vida was a Serbian and I speak Serbian I have no problems so this can help you a lot because you feel connected already with someone Uh, but of course you need to fit in in a way and I I feel strange speaking because you know better than me how it is when you go in a dressing room full of winners and especially after my first medal I'm at home you know going like this (laughs) and then Stop in a minute, like well, Geeks have probably hundred and two medals, <laughs> yeah. and I have one, and then you That's shoot. exactly
2: how I felt. That's exactly because I come from Blackburn, and Blackburn missed out winning the league. Then Blackburn won the league when I joined United, and I'm thinking, I've I've missed out. I've missed out. But then the first time you win the, you know, a trophy, yeah. we won the Premier League. Then we beat uh, Liverpool in the FA Cup final. You're like absolutely buzzing like mad. And exactly what you say, they're like multi-winners of it, and yeah, they're yeah. just taking yeah. it all in their right, eye. You know, like, yeah, we've won it. You're
0: partying for yeah. one week, and the next yeah. day they're like, "Yeah, we got yeah. the double last night."
2: And then Fergie turns around and says, "Right, that season's finished. We're we'll going the, on the next one." Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm thinking, hold on a minute. Just, <laughs> just won the double, there. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like Yorkie, Yorkie when when we won the treble, he went in to see the gaffer to have a year off. He just won the treble.
0: <laughs> he,
1: wanted a, he wanted a year yeah. off. What a
2: year off, so he could go around celebrating. That's your is Go right where? I don't know, around the world, whatever, just time out.
1: Wait, hang on. When he, he actually went into his office and said, can he I went take He to see the gaffer. He wanted a season of no football. Any chance of
2: having time off? Just to celebrate. Just to celebrate.
0: A gap year? A gap year,
2: like a gap year. She you mean know, that went like, down well. Yeah, get out of my office.
0: Mad. That is so funny. Yeah. yeah
3: Mental. Yeah, Treble is a big thing. So, but, it's,
2: but it's exactly what you say, though. Yeah. You know, your career is mapped out to win things. You want to win things. And the first time you went, I was doing car wheels. Yeah, I was yeah. That. Was couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it.
1: In those situations, compared to previous moments of your career where you'd been close to medals and won medals, because obviously you've been with Bayern Leverkusen for eighteen yeah. months and you're in a Champions League final, and then you join Manchester United and you say you see that culture of winning. What do you think built that culture, and how did you feel as part of it? Because you were a record signing coming into a team that just won a Champions League.
3: Yeah, and you know this is. As I said before, I wanted to be more open about uh, when you go on a new team, just straight away to fit in. But I, I was a bit opposite and I was more shy about it. But still, when you go into a dressing room full of winners, you you probably, the chances are bigger to become a winner if you observe, ask questions when needed, you know, but try to learn something in the process, you know. And obviously, sometimes you have so much respect for someone, you not afraid, but you feel uncomfortable going and asking something, you know, Mm -hmm. but it it cannot stop you to sit and observe how he's doing things. Mm -hmm. If you cannot ask him for advice. After a while, when you settle in the team, then you can go forth and ask, well, why you do that? Why didn't you do this? And then in the process, by seeing how these players work and win games, you want to be part of this because you are in that environment. So you need to adapt and fit into that environment of mentality and winning. If you don't, it's going to throw you out, probably, you know. It's not going to... That, that uh, environment is going to fit to your standards. It's the other way around. You need to fit into that dressing room full of winners. And of course, you need to have big ego. So all the players yeah. have big ego. So you need to, if, if, if needs be, to defend yourself. You know, if someone tried to provoke you to see what you're made of, you need to stand up to that and say, well, wait a minute. OK, you're a big winner and everything, but, you know, we had the same team and stuff like this. Did that happen? Well, of course, I mean, probably more than in your mm-hmm. period of time <laughs> when you when you drive purely of players that want to win and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And Rio was screaming at me all the time. Well, better about this and that, you know. But of course, then you start listening and say, Rio, off. But you do that, you know, purely because you're in the same team and you want to win. Mm-hmm. You want to win. And it's very important. Don't take him personally, as we said before. Yeah. Otherwise, why are you there? You want to learn from the best.
0: It must have been, um, obviously you'd been at big clubs before United, but making your debut against Liverpool, what did that feel like for you? you? I was (laughs)
3: Did myself. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you understand the rivalry before? uh... No, to be honest, no. Another game for me, uh, and I always try to approach the games, even with Spurs and Arsenal, like Mm. another game, not overthinking so much. Yes, big teams, big players, but still, you, you win it, you lose it you try to do your best. But in that Liverpool game, Sir Alex is coming, I'm tying my shoes and he's like, Berbs, let me introduce you to... Sir Bobby? S- to Sir Bobby, yeah. And I'm like, what the f***, boss? I'm trying to concentrate here in the game. You don't need any more pressure. <laughs> Come on, is that the right moment to do that? I'm thinking, not saying it. You know, yeah. It's yeah. like, nice to meet you, you know, big corner and stuff. But, you know, and that's it. But uh, thinking in the game, how to... Yeah, yeah. To do something in the game. This was a funny story, but then you s- switch and try to think about the game. And in the end, it didn't finish our way. We lost 2-1, I think, if I remember correctly. But I was nervous before that because my dream was coming true now and standards are high and you need to keep up to that. And, you know, I was, I was really nervous. Mm-hmm. Years later, though, you'd be the first man in, what, 68 maybe years to score a hat-trick against Liverpool? Yeah, that was a nice feeling. That was a nice feeling. didn't know about that. Before the game, obviously, they didn't know. And still, you know, I score head tricks before that, obviously. But because it's Liverpool, if it's like some other team, it's not going to be a big deal. But because it's Liverpool, obviously, uh, how do you say, the weight is on the goals uh, is more important. And people remember that overhead kick most of the time. But for me, the the next goal with a head is the one that won the game because it was three points. And then. I feel good, to be honest. I felt good. Didn't show it. Didn't show it. But inside, I was like, well, yeah. How
0: did you (laughs) celebrate evenings like that? Just at home with your family?
3: Another funny story. In the book, which is coming. Okay. Okay. Uh, Still waiting for
2: the release date on this, or roughly when it's going to (laughs) be. Christmas time, is it?
3: Well, around that. Yeah, Yeah, perfect. Driving with my car home after the game, half an hour when I go home.
0: This after Liverpool game? After yeah. Liverpool,
3: rem- reminiscing about the game. You know how it is. After yeah. the game, thinking, what did I do wrong? What I can do better next time? Smiling when you remember the goals you score. You feel good, you feel good. Listen to the music. Maybe you want to do another round <laughs> around yeah. with the car. Just feel good. And then I go home, you know, my, my wife was there. And I think I, I already had my first kid. And like starting to say, well, the king of the world is coming home. You <laughs> know. Good, my king. But now go out there and throw the trash away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Straight so you, back to earth. Yeah. So you take the trash. <laughs> I was still smiling though. You take the trash. Throw it away. I, I guess these kind of things can keep you grounded yeah. in a way. Yeah. You know, even you can afford to smile what you've done, but you have someone next to you who can she appreciate what I've done as well, but maybe she knows how to treat and say, okay. Next game maybe is coming, so now go take the trash. Her priority is the rubbish, it's not you when scoring goals. I always (laughs) try to think and keep me grounded because actually my father, every time he used to tell me story of players much more talented than me, who were growing up but because of bad choices or we Balkans like like life too much. Money and girls and stuff like this, they've gone the wrong way and after a while disappear. No, so. how, would,
2: how would you describe your, your type of style of play?
3: Uh, I don't know. Just, I, I, I had my own style. I, I didn't change it. I think it, it was completely. always compared relaxed. to Eric. Yeah. I would say relaxed. But, we look relaxed <laughs> but it takes a lot of effort. To be relaxed. To be relaxed, yeah. honestly. Uh, to keep, stop yeah, the much ball. Much harder to look relaxed. Yeah, and it everything starts when you're young, to be honest. Even if you don't realize it. Back home, I have a ball when we used to kick around. But I don't know why I go, even if the kids don't want to play with me, I take the ball, because you're still small, I throw it, it doesn't matter how high, and then try to control it with my foot. I don't know why. Honestly, I didn't know why. I just I just do it. And when it's cold, you do that all the time, your eyes start to... Uh, Cry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know how you, yeah, yeah. you You go like this, but you continue to do that. And you get from early age that... I'm telling you that because people ask me, how do I have my touch on the ball? And that's how. You start from early age, and then it becomes a habit, then you develop it, then it, you unlock it, and it's... It becomes natural. It's natural, right? yeah. it, it, but you need to work on it as well. Yeah.
1: And people loved it. In 2011, I think, the International Federation of Football History and Statistics said you were the most popular player in European football. What? Yeah, that's true. I don't believe that. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But also, I mean, even when you were at United some people would be critical because what they saw as your reading of the game, yeah.
3: because you weren't running around headlessly, they mm. saw it as laziness. Did that annoy you? Uh, at the point, sometimes yes, because some people just don't understand. Uh, some people don't understand the game. They're just purely speaking so they can feel good about themselves and stuff like this. But in my eyes, and this is I'm proud of, I never changed my way of seeing football and playing football. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Some players, some players. Some people not going to like how I play. The same way I don't like some other players play, you know, everybody's different. And of course, you cannot win games with 11 Berbatov in the team. No chance. You need defenders, midfield players, everybody in a different quality. But my style of football was to entertain, but bringing with that entertainment points and goals and assists that it's worth watching. And when your kid go home or someone 18 or something say, did you see what Berbatov did the other day? You see that overhead kick or that pass to Ronaldo to score the goal? Yeah. You see that? No. This is what worth word playing football that is. That must
0: be your favorite assist, that it one. It is. It <laughs> yeah.
3: is, honestly, because it was something special. I don't know how it happened. People ask me all the time, but it's, again, a habit. A habit that the body remembers how you play football. And sometimes when you're in a situation when you need to do something extraordinary, if you see in a play football that way, it's going to help you because it's, it's inside you. That movement. And I tried it at training ground. I tried it at home, you know, improvised to see if it's going to work. I didn't think that I'm going to do it ever, but here we go. That moment, it was just, I it's don't just know. Work. What do you think is
1: better, that assist or any of the goals that you scored? If only one was going to be remembered, which would you go
3: for? Well, I like assists, honestly, more than goals, probably. Really? I don't know why. Yeah, honestly. I like because it's, uh, I've done the hard work. Mm-hmm. I just gave you the ball and now you score. Yeah. <laughs> And that's why when I score goals, probably 99% of the time, I go to the guy, first to the guy who gave me the ball. Just appreciation to say, thank you, because you gave me the ball. It's normal. you playing, we're playing the same team.
1: That Maisie touched on this a second ago, and we sort of breezed past it a bit too fast because we were talking about everything. You were, have been likened to and constantly were likened to Eric Cantona when you joined Manchester United. Because of your style, because of your presence, how did that
3: make you feel? Did that feel like a lot to live up to? Not good. Because Eric Cantona, me, you know. What the <laughs> f***? Everybody's different. How can you compare me to icon and legend and stuff like this? I have my own style. And you don't put pressure, so much pressure on, on players, on people. Uh, even nowadays you see how many how much pressure they put on, on players with the record fees and why you don't score why you don't play the way we expect you to play and for me definitely difficult of course but I try not to think about it because I'm com- I think I'm completely different than that and I want I have my own style my all, own way of seeing football of course everybody go down and go, go up in their career but it's normal process of life but don't like this comparison at all I never I never did
2: I think I think the only comparison would be along obviously tough two wonderful footballers, but the way you are, the way you caress the football, or the way you play the football, not that you charge around like a headless Mm -hmm. chicken running all over the place, but the fact that you have that unbelievable first touch. Eric had that, he had that vision, that pass, and Eric never ran around like Berber
3: because you you let the ball do the work, Mm -hmm. and that's what Eric did. And that's why sometimes when you ask me about, people think that I was lazy, here we go, Eric, yeah. Did Eric yeah, run, yeah, yeah. Run, run around? No, but sometimes when they give you a label, you know it's not it's not uh, it's not fair. Yeah. You know I can give you probably another ten players that play the same I do now. They're doing the same exactly thing I do, mm-hmm. and I'm not running around purely because they read the game two three steps ahead. They don't yeah. need to run. You yeah. anticipate. You're clever that, and you can afford not to do it. Of course, after that you appreciate the players behind you who fight for the ball and take it to give it to you. And then you need to be at your best.
0: You certainly weren't lazy against Blackburn that day, scoring five. Well, I was a bit... So big.
3: Imagine if I wasn't, how many I was scoring. <laughs> <laughs> everything, no, everything was happening for me that day. I don't know why. You have you have days like this. And I think I didn't... Before that, I didn't score in six or seven games. And you know how it is. After, after when you didn't score and you're a striker and people say, why are you not scoring? Well, you pay so much money. You need to do alien yeah you know scoring every game five five goals and i was a bit dep- not depressed but a bit down like well berbs it's not working now you need what is going on ask yourself all these kind of questions and i remember the gaffer comes before the game and say you're starting tomorrow don't worry about it Well, you make you feel good yeah like this but it makes you feel good well the boss is believing in me hell i can show you now you know and five goals it just happened. I, I I had the feeling that I can score from everywhere in that yeah. in that game. Just the ball comes to me every time. If you can see the last two goals, but the, that's
2: that's just two or three steps in front.
3: Yeah, but yeah, I was just like watching the goals after that, and like, well, the ball just came to me. Obviously, it was meant to score. I don't know. I don't know. It was unbelievable. Again,
0: how did you feel about the competition at the time for your position? Obviously,
3: lots of oh, players. Yeah, in yeah. there. It was it was fierce because in training sessions. We're going crazy, you know. Yeah. I remember Carlos Stevens one day, we're f- you're playing games, you're, you're tussling and, and, and bullying each other around the training ground. And, you know, everybody's going crazy, you know, like wanting to show to the guy, well, well, I'm here, I can play, I'm fit, you know. And tackling and, and, and stuff like this. And then at the moment, if you, if you have a moment to stop, you realize, well, this is serious. Everybody want to play. So you better step up in a way that you can. you know. And everybody is different. But the competition is there when you see Ronaldo, Tevez, Rooney, you know, all these players wow. in the attack and in the midfield with Scorsi and Gixi and everybody, and you're like getting motivated, a bit afraid at the same time. I don't know why afraid, but you feel respect, that the respect can get a bit sometimes like that. And then I said it many times in the tunnel, we, we line up and you play, let's say, a smaller team, no disrespect, but and you look at them, you know, like they're looking at you, and you see how he's looking at Ronaldo or Rooney, mm-hmm. fear, fear, and you know. Yeah. Well, one nil for us. You've so won before. You've gone on the pitch. Already, we yeah. one nil. Even yeah. if we play, yeah, you know, you are gonna win the game. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was that it was that yeah. easy. Of those players, who did you most like to play with? Uh, they're all great guys. I have honestly, I have no problem with anyone. Uh, And purely because everybody knows that we are there to win games. Training sessions, you go home, you have your family, you have your friends. It's not necessary to go dinner together or hold your hands. You're there to win for Manchester United. It's simple as that. And everybody was great with me. I have no problem, honestly. But because of that uh, Balkan connection, Vida was close to me. We can speak the same language. I like his sense of humour a lot. And I like him as a player because he was great, you know, yeah. coming after training session, tooth missing, grass, <laughs> bleeding. Vida, you have a bullet in your shot like. <laughs> And you, you appreciate what the defence is doing so you can shine after that with your own style.
0: You wanted to win for Manchester United, but you wanted to win for Sir Alex, I'm sure, as well. What was it like playing for him? Have, have you now got to the... I think a lot of people probably don't appreciate that at the time when they're playing under him and then they leave and they think, wow, I played under Sir Alex yeah. Ferguson.
3: Well, probably, yeah. You have that moment when you actually, you don't think too much. For, even if you play for Manchester United, you're in that moment and you play and you don't actually appreciate it as much when you, you're you not there anymore. Yeah. And you're thinking, you're like, well, I was in Manchester. I was part of Manchester United. <laughs> the hell. I play under the, one of the biggest managers in the world with best players. And for me, as I said before, I always try to observe... Uh, how he was treating the players, you know, coming sometimes in the training um, in the training sessions uh, and speaking with one player or two or three players. But that's it. But then he go. Then the next day he speak with another three or four or five. You know, just make them feel part of the team. And sometimes I get angry when I'm not playing, but he explained it to me in a way that it, I understand and I say, okay, but still f***ing angry. But and he s-
0: said, I need you in six weeks for that game. And you yeah. think, I'm so important. Yeah, and you think you're important. <laughs> but, but then you're like, oh, I'm not playing for yeah, six weeks.
3: <laughs> and, and this manipulation is how you're a good coach. Because you need that with the players. Yeah. Yeah. You need that with football players. You need to know how to manipulate them uh, in that way that everybody feel important. Even if he doesn't play. To feel part of the team when you go into the pitch, he kills for you you know and of course i've been there only four years more times you have players who've been there more than me they know better than me you know uh, but from what i understand i have i have also my journal while putting my training sessions and just things that i i saw uh, you 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 can learn a lot i don't know if these kind of things are now working these days because football is constantly changing from yeah. yesterday to now yeah but still sometimes uh, Old school ways, if you know how to put it in a new way, can help you in, in, I don't know, some sometimes.
1: Okay. I hate to say this, but we're starting to run out of time. So I want to ask before anything else, because we should talk about it. How did your exit from Manchester United come about and how did you feel about it at the time?
3: Did I go? Yeah. Well, I feel sh- Of course. I didn't feel good. And when you think about it, after a while, I had the option to stay mm-hmm. for another year. And was it the right decision to stay? Because you stay, you're Manchester United. Biggest club in the world. But w- was I going to play? Probably not as much as I wanted to, because I spoke with the gaffer. Robin van Persie was coming, Chicharito was there, Rooney. So where was I fitting in? I'll get a game, so two or maybe that, but am I going to feel happy? I'll sit there, collect my fee and everything. But I wasn't going to be happy, so I chose to go and play. Where I can still love the game and play and show where I can I still still can play football I'm thirty one but still can play football and that's why I chose to move and probably I'm gonna do the same if it I need to repeat because the love for the game for me is always there I need it if I play I feel alive that's how it is and it was back then
0: was it emotional when you left
3: Of course because in my time there, I felt that I go, I train, everything is taken care of. You just think about football, you play with the best players, against the best players, in the Champions League, you win medals, titles, what what else do you want? Everything mm-hmm. was great. But I, I assume that in every player's life, there comes a point when you need to go and stop and change clubs. And that was a, my moment. I didn't want to, but I wanted to play. So everybody goes through that.
1: Yeah. When you
3: look back at it now and
1: you assess what you've done, what are the things that mean the most to you? Because obviously you are your nation's record goal scorer. Yeah. You won medals with Manchester United. You played all across Europe and you've become like a cult hero at Manchester United. And I think at Tottenham as well, where people who maybe wouldn't have seen you play still love you yeah. and adore you and talk about you with such reverence as a player. There are constant um, like clips on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and stuff. Just with your name, and it just combines of just your touch and things, and they yeah. still
3: go around every single day. Yeah. You know what they ask me all the time? Which team I love most Tottenham or Manchester? <laughs> what the. And, I, and I'm like, I try to be clever and say, well.
0: It depends who is asking you, though. No, no, <laughs> I have two
3: kids, for example. <laughs> I have two kids. Which one do I love most? Who have two kids here? Yeah. 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 Can you love one no. kid more no. than. Of no. course not. No, I, know, no I
1: bet chance. you do. I've got no. I
3: bet you do. No, 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 you <laughs> don't. Everyone's got a favour, haven't they? No, just no. me, you don't. Some uh, days. So that's Some why <laughs> so that's I, do, I, that's I am. I, I, I appreciate a I love all the clubs I've been in. And because people appreciate uh, associate me more with Spurs and Manchester United, all the time asking me that question, I say, guys, I support both teams. Spurs gave me the chance to show what I can do in England. Manchester United, because of that, bought me. I won a lot with Manchester United, I, most probably people recognize me and connect me with Manchester United and I love the club, but I appreciate all the club I've been in. And to look back and to win my fair share of trophies, I, I'm completely happy with that. The only thing I didn't win, Champions League. That was the one so I it's Manchester United win. then? Yeah. Sounds like it's Man Sounds, right? sounds <laughs> like Man <Managing>. United. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you know have though? a chance to win with Spurs, did you? Just
0: because you're in London, you don't have to. <laughs> no, guys, trust me.
3: I, yeah. I support no, and no. I love every every club. And, uh, of course, I have my, uh, like, like uh, really connect with Manchester United over the years. And I was there because, as you said, it feels strange to me when I watch my clips So people texted me, write me, look at that. Oh, you do stuff like this. I still feel strange because we just play football you
2: know. It's your job.
3: Yeah, I play football. I'm good at football. I'm really bad and suck in a lot of other things, you know. It doesn't make me better than you. I just play football.
1: What's next for you? Because you said when you play football, that's your passion, that's your life. And obviously that chapter has closed. So what comes next? What's going to keep you going? What's your passions? Are
0: well, trying to translate this book? <laughs> yeah, I tried to. Yeah. Tra- <laughs> I tried see what
3: gets out of the book first. I uh, tried to translate that book. And uh, at the same time, I was preparing for my time after football. I have my foundation for 11 years that we support talented kids back yeah, home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, as every human being, I have my interest in business and trying to work around that and educate myself to see how it is. But mainly football because I'm doing my coaching badges at the moment. I have my degree in sports management as well. Uh, so when I finish my coaching badges and I'm ready, really ready uh, to accept that new challenge, well, who knows? Maybe we speak, me as Manchester United manager yeah, one day. That would, be great. would you like that? Why not? Why not? I have my ambitions and it will be great for, again, small country, East European, to go and coach in England one team because this is why most of my career is gone. So it's going to be great. And I'm working towards that long way, of course. I don't know if it's going to happen. But I will try.
0: If I could just ask you before you go as well, if you could go back and relive one match or one moment of your career. It doesn't have to be Manchester United, don't worry. We would like it to be, but <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that you would choose?
3: Oh, probably it's going to be Manchester United. Come on. I mean, and it just to wrap more on the und, it's going to be, you know, Liverpool that game for sure. Yeah. I was great game. It was something special. Even uh, for that game for example I don't I, I, I'm a modest guy but I, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone now and say that even players or people who didn't appreciate what I've done before that they were thinking well there must be something here you know because yeah. of the goals and, and and the result and against Liverpool and I felt good after that and it was f-ing Liverpool we beat them 3-2 yeah. and in that in that season we overcome the record of uh, league titles. Yeah. yeah, Like 19. yeah, 19, to 18. And purely yeah. because of that we are f***ing immortal. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Knocked them off their perch. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> well, I
1: think I've learned anything this afternoon is that the expression don't meet your heroes is nonsense. Dimitar Berbatov, this has been an unbelievable pleasure. That thank you. Is, thank you so thank much. Thank you, All guys. Right.
0: The same. Pleasure. Dimitar Berbatov, what an absolute legend. That was brilliant. Sam, what did you think?
1: It was... Utterly sensational. I genuinely loved it. it must have been for you
0: as well, because you actually have a dog. Yes. Called Perpetual. Yes,
1: I do. Yeah, (laughs) he's just. just, I just loved him. The moment. Well, I mean, even when he played for Spurs, I just thought his style of play, his approach, his his whole sort of demeanour and aura was just. I don't know. I found it exciting. And as you said, Maisie, before that's exactly what he's like in person. He's Mm -hmm. genuinely fun to spend time with and talk to, and really insightful. Like a lot of people, you talk to, and they don't really open up or. They don't really have a lot to say. They might have been a phenomenal football player or something, but they don't necessarily carry that in their personality. But he yeah. did.
2: And coming from his background as mm-hmm. well, a lot of kids are a lot of players that grow up into footballers have quite a, a normal back, background growing up. His is such a story. Absolutely amazing story.
1: Having to queue up for bread for hours and hours and hours. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing, yes. isn't it? Also, really smoothly just stopped it to promote his book when we asked him about his kidnapping.
2: Kidnapping. Wow. That's
1: another great story. Yeah, I'm going to read his book.
0: Yeah, he was. so was that was that your pick, Sam?
1: Uh, so far, that was out of the out of the three that have aired, that's my favourite.
0: What kind of dog do you have, by the way? It's a beagle. Oh,
1: he's uh, very handsome, but incredibly reckless, as I think all beagles are.
0: Yeah. Do you ever call him <laughs> Berber for short? Yes, does... always. Always Berba.
1: Shouting Burbatov is an absolute disaster. <laughs>
0: Especially if you're out in public, yeah,
1: it's really weird. <laughs> well,
0: it depends where you are, I suppose. If you're in yeah. Manchester, it might be all right, but
1: yeah, I think people might people would assume you'd seen him If you're going Berbatov. They go where? Where? <laughs> yeah. I was on a I was walking along a beach once, and I bumped into the Brazilian Ronaldo, and I stopped and got a picture, and went on his way. And uh, this group of like teenage girls came over and went. Who was that? Who did you see? And we were like, it was Ronaldo, and they went charging off, and they would have only been disappointed because they would surely have been looking for Cristiano Uh, and I think that's what it would be like if I was walking around shouting Berbatov in Manchester people would expect him to be there see a dog and be like yeah but get the dog out of the way where's Berbatov just wouldn't work
0: anybody you would like to have on the show Maisie
2: I tell you I would love to get in the gaffer the gaffer would be the pinnacle of this podcast I don't think Let's. this
0: podcast would ever last less than an hour if he was here. We'd have, like, a 12-hour podcast. That It'd probably, be amazing.
2: That probably would be the only time we could tell the gaffer to shut up. I'd rather really? you than me. Yeah,
0: I think you'll be doing that.
2: <laughs> That'd be great. Get the gaffer on. Let's do this.
1: Maybe in the future. It's not possible, is it? Absolutely.
2: Get him on. What about getting on the other half Of the Evans, Johnny Evans. Helen?
0: Of course. He wouldn't get a say in that. I'd be like, you're coming on the podcast. Okay.
2: (laughs) That's it. Yeah? As cool as that.
0: Yeah, we'd have to to do it. What about the girls? Get the the girls in in as well. No, it would have to be somewhere where there's no
2: kids. (laughs) But
0: yeah, once I have this other baby.
2: Johnny's on then. Yeah. Bring him on. If I have time. Has he subscribed?
0: Of course he will be. Of course he
2: will. Hell's bells? Travel? What's happened?
0: Well, I haven't been very well all week with the pregnancy. Aye. So I had to leave it until the last minute before I could decide if we could come on this one. So that's my latest travel dilemma. I was like, I don't know whether I'm going to make this one, but got on the train, had all my medication and I was fine. But you had a bit of travel drama too, didn't you? Did I? Yeah, you missed your train on the way home.
2: I did miss the train on the way Mm -hmm. home. I did, yeah.
0: Did you make the event though?
2: I did make the event, yeah. Because we just
0: got a text saying we missed the train, but I don't think any of us actually asked you if you made the event. We weren't
2: bothered (laughs) about that. I was just... I said, where does this train go? Did it go to Shrewsbury? She said, yes. <laughs> I said, are you sure it goes to Shrewsbury? She said, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're on the wrong platform. That train there that's just leaving goes to Shrewsbury. I went, So I've missed the train to Shrewsbury. 40 minutes late, but I managed to get there just in time. Mm-hmm. So it was good.
0: Long day, but worth it.
2: Very long day, yeah. Yeah, got home half 12 that night.
0: And you were up before it was dark. I
2: didn't I didn't realise there were two half past sixes in the, the day. <laughs>
0: What time do you usually get up?
2: I don't know. Whenever, the, whenever it goes light. Whenever it gets light. It <laughs> goes light. Yeah. So, what in curtains? the summer you're
0: up at like four, in the winter you get up at like nine?
2: Yeah. I'm like so, a big cuddly bear. I just um, wake up. I'm like hibernating in bed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, guys, that is it for this week. We will be back next week with another episode. If you enjoyed this chat with Berbatov like we did, then please subscribe for more in the series and do leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts.